Hello. Do you recognize that? Hello. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> what is that? My fiance has made me watch this movie 150 times over and over again. This is Home Alone. I love it. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's a classic. I know this movie like the back of Well, I only know Coming to America more than this movie. She watches it literally. <laughs> and come Christmas household. time, this movie is on at least five to six times a day. A day. Okay, enough of the movie. It's in my ear. Yeah. Kill the movie. Kill the movie. Macaulay Culkin's done. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina, residential real estate broker with Cobble Banker. How are you, Mr. Mamedi? I am good. Licensed good? loan officer with iLoan. That's and what I am. That's what you do? That's what I is. That's what you do during yeah. the daytime. What I do you do during the nighttime? Of, I don't know. The founder of I don't know. say so. You know. Founder? Yeah, founder Absolutely. owner. Founder's a fancier word than owner, isn't it? I like it. I, I like don't know it that better. you can it find anything. Yeah. Create I anything. found it. And then, yeah, there you go. Here we are. How are you, Javier? I'm doing great. I don't know the founder. Mortgage Banker founder. with the Federal Savings Bank, NMLS 217-343. And uh, I'm actually pretty happy. Just uh, you know, moved into the Glenview area about three years ago, and I've definitely seen our guest that we that actually out have there, here. Right? That he's in Glenview, and yeah, you know, just you literally, I, you, you literally moved there. I moved there about three years ago. You live there? Yeah, I totally thought you lived in the West Suburbs. Do you Not know in the West that? Suburbs. Oh, how well bad. do you know your co-hosts? I mean, I, I we're don't like know a why. family here. Gonna, I, I don't know why. I thought for we'll some reason he was some. Okay, and uh, I'm really excited with the people that we're actually bringing onto the show today, just because I see them everywhere. I see their listings just about every neighborhood that I go into. I've kind of been exploring the North Shore uh, area a little bit more uh, frequently. And maybe and that's why you should mention why we started our show with that clip. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, the North Shore is very famous, yeah, you know, especially in Hollywood. A lot of the homes that are used in a lot of, you know, like Home Alone, Ferris Bueller, a lot of these properties are located in the North Shore. And as I've started to get immersed in this market, I've noticed a couple different trends. And a lot of the trends that we possibly foresee in this market are sometimes a lot of misconceptions. So, you know, the guests that we have today are Marla and Matthew Schneider with Cowell Banker. Uh, they're actually out of the Yay, North Shore office. Cowell Banker family, finally. Yay. Here we go. Here we go. A little blue, right? Yeah, blue <laughs> She's biased to the blue. We're biased to the blue. How are you? Great. Good. How are you? Marla, when you came in today, you know what my first question was, uh, can you get me in to see the house that they recorded for his Bueller because it's the box one? Like, so do you have contacts over there? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that house just sell recently? Well, it has contacts that, everywhere. That house just, well, it did. Before we get in the houses, let's uh, let's back up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, your career. And, You're always you know, trying to kill the fun. I well, just we got myself to, we into We have to the get house. acclimated with the guests before we go on to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Before I get works. into favors. Right? So we'll, we'll start with Marla, later. actually. Marla, how long have you been in the industry now for? 30 years. 30 years? Uh-huh. And specifically, where have you really made your mainstay? Like, what market is it that you could say, like, this is your backyard, this is what you own? Well, the North Shore, but we're primarily in Glenview, Northbrook, but all over the North Shore, and not just the North Shore. I shouldn't just say that, because we certainly go out of the the areas of Morton Grove, Niles, and all around. The city, we kind of stay away from, because it's sort of out of our element. Okay. Nice. And Matthew, what about yourself? How long have you been uh, in the real estate industry? You're going to have to get closer to the microphone. There we go. I grew up in the business. Um, I've been in the business for 13 years. You grew up in the business. What was that like? Uh, it was pretty wild. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. There were some rough moments, but I made it through. How rough? Well, 
I'm telling you. Sometimes tell me. we didn't eat. We didn't get toys. See? See? We didn't see? get toys. <laughs> <laughs> if, the closing, if the closing went bad right in front of Christmas, nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. No, no G.I. Joe with the Kung no, Fu grip. Nothing. <laughs> no food. Are you a good cook? Marla, I want to ask this. I think we should take a survey between among like female realtors. Like, is your mom a great cook? Putting us on course. Fantastic cook. Nick, is your mom a great My cook? My mom is a horrible cook. <laughs> Mom, I love you more than anything in the world, but you can't cook nothing. See, my mom's like either pasta, which she overboils, or orders a pizza, and that's it. You know what? The kids say the same thing to me. It's like, Mommy, you can't cook. And I'm like, maybe I should take, you know, cooking lessons or something. And I'm like, forget it. Too busy. Let's Carla's lucky that Mia doesn't have a Yelp review on her because I've seen the stories before. Where the, this right. is not good, Mommy. <laughs> you can't cook. I don't care. It's like, listen, <laughs> we're going out to eat today. Right, Marla? Absolutely. We had a closing. Yay, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So 30 years, 13 years, 43 years combined. What would you say has definitely been one of the trends that you've seen kind of change here in the last five or six years? To, you know, after this whole, like a lot of times people are kind of talking about the subprime crash. You know, obviously, I'm pretty sure some people in North Shore did experience some equity loss significantly. How have you seen that bounce back now where it's like the market trends are going up, where we're kind of dictating more of a seller's market, especially in today's day. But one thing that kind of caught my eye with the first time that I met with Matthew is the price points kind of differentiate specifically. Um, what kind of trends are you seeing right now in the marketplace? I would say very much so. It's definitely an, it's definitely very price point sensitive. Um, but what we've seen uh, what we've seen recently is, uh, particularly since the market started to come back, a lot of investment. We've seen a lot of new construction, depending on the price point, and a lot of rehab, rehabilitation of different product. Uh, but it's definitely price point specific. As you you know, you continue to climb the ladder, there's the market thins out, and there's just not a lot of buyers. Okay, what kind of price point are you seeing specifically more in demand right now? Um, definitely under a million. Under a million. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a lot of rehab work, or there is you... particularly the last couple of years, it started to thin out a little bit because there's not um, there's not really any distressed property left, um, and you can't really pick up a property at a bargain anymore. So. What? There are no bargains. I thought you said we could find something under a million. They do exist, right? We'll find. (laughs) (laughs) But that's key, though, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, the North Shore, you can't, aside from Ferris Bueller's story, um, we can't buy anything under a million. So you're telling me we can definitely. If a family wants to relocate to this neighborhood, there is opportunity? Absolutely. Our median sale price is about 600. 600. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so those, typically those homes, just so that you can educate me on how do I, do I need to be aggressive when I'm in that price point or is it good for me to take my time? and rationale through everything um it depends on it depends on location where you're looking depends on the suburb but um yeah around the median prices uh homes are moving quickly okay good product is selling quickly but if you're a a seller that's looking to sell a property over a million then you're looking to stay longer marla yes absolutely in today's market absolutely depending upon obviously location and condition Mm -hmm. um there if it's if it's if it's over a million and it's in great condition and a great location, it has a better chance of selling quicker. But we're, we're seeing few and far buyers right now in that price range. Well, let's rewind for a second. When people, and we have a lot of listeners that actually follow us that don't even live in Illinois, so they don't understand what North Shore, Glencoe, right. and all that stuff is. To mm-hmm. give it somewhat of an equivalent, I guess, to, <laughs> let's say, California, the, our North Shore would be considered along the lines of a Malibu, like in California, or some of those more affluent Orange counties, some of those more affluent... It would be our upper-end neighborhood. So when you think of the North Shore, people, I think, a tendency around here have a tendency to think of, like, $3 million houses, these big 20,000 square foot. That's Mm -hmm. where they exist. They exist up in the North Shore. 
they, so you're seeing that's not they're there, but the more common moving parts are the seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand. Right. They do exist, but you got to remember the three million dollar. I think I pulled it the other day. Above three million dollars, you only had about twenty sales this year. So it's not a big piece of the market. It's a very small niche of the market. The majority of bulk of sales are going around the medium sale price, above and below. And I think just speaks a lot about the buyer, right? So the buyer has changed a lot, and I think that's why we we decided to name this topic. You know, bigger is not always better, um, right? I mean, a lot of people are looking to to have smaller homes with uh, with more amenities. You said rather than spending more money and having a larger home. So is that something that dictates why the market in um, the upper, you know, above million dollars is sitting? Because maybe they don't speak to that floor plan of of preference. I think that could have to do with it, and some of the some of the larger homes are older, mm-hmm. and they're compound rooms. They're they're not as open. Yeah. Most people today are looking for big open floor plans, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the homes that are on that are older are room after room, and are not as appealing and expensive to have to redo. So those those are sitting a while. Okay. And, and I think technic- typically when you're selling a property, right, it's a realtor, I understand that. I mean, I was just in Barrington looking for a really good friend of mine, and we were shopping and <clears> looking <throat> at these floor plans and <laughs> uh, looking at these floor plans, and they don't really speak to the mo- modern amenities. And I think that mm-hmm. um, a lot of sellers need to have a wake-up call because one of the comments that the realtor hosting the listing, um, the showing said to me was, oh, you know, that's why we're priced at this level because, you know, we don't have y- the amenities or, you know, we still have oak cabinets at a million dollars and I'm thinking we're doing the clients a disservice and I think Marla you and I talked about staging like how key is staging in your business right now very important very important and it's really important today that when you go on a market appointment that you let that seller know (laughs) we should not become live until we stage you and get you in, in a state where we can the buyer can even if it's dated to visualize it it's so important today Right. And I think that a lot of these are the hard conversations that we like to say in the industry. A lot of rookie agents are afraid to have like serious hard conversations with their clients where we're like, listen, you want your property sold. You need to take the following steps. You uh, earlier, you mentioned that you tell a client to take down the wallpaper. That's a big thing. Like clients going to look at you like you're crazy. I don't have well, time for this. Well, it's going to be also the demographic of the seller, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these properties that you're looking at, you know, you are looking at a different price point. So you have a different seller. You might be looking at a baby boomer. So a baby boomer, you know, just mentally, you know, grasping this is most likely also going to take uh, direction from a more experienced real estate agent as opposed to a novice agent, right? Not necessarily. So, I think that as long as you know, understand the market and you're advising your clients and you're showing them the properties that have sold and what they look like, they're going to understand market time. I think that baby boomers are more, I, I think it's more of a lifestyle or a way of thinking. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think a baby boomer is going to be more of the generation of like uh, TLC, right? Do it yourself, grow into the home, buy it, and put some loving to eventually and build equity. Whereas buyers today are just the entitled, like the now generation. We want to get it now. And so we have to have that mind shift education where we're telling our baby boomer clients that, yes, you're at a million, but you need about, you know, what, 600 to you know, $700,000 in renovation in some cases because these, these are, in fact, larger homes and the clients are looking for that open floor plan, that updated kitchen. <clears throat> and some of these homes did not cater to my client's demand. So that's why you're seeing a lot of... And, and of course, you know, like, again, why are we seeing the slowdown in that price point? Exactly. That's the reason because the, the buyer is looking for, for a, a redone home, a home they can move into 
if they're going to spend that kind of money. Um, but I do understand if you get the baby boomers and they're in a certain price point. And, I, I mean, years ago, you'd show them houses and you'd say to them, well, the most important thing is the, the bones of the house. You could change the kitchen when you can. But they're not liking that right now. Now they want that now. They, they want, want I now. totally agree with you. They want that right away. They're not going to accept the fact that they can do the kitchen when they can't. They want it now. Yeah. And they want it for a certain price, which that's the difficulty that's right the next now. That's di- the next difficult step to be able to kind of overcome. Right. Absolutely. Floor plan is very important. That's why all right. new construction, they're reshifting the way that they design these homes. I mean, my client specifically last night was saying, okay, I want a master suite on the main level because that makes sense for an elder, right, if we want to mm-hmm. have mom come in from Japan. But we also want to have a master suite upstairs. So we have multiple end suites. And, of course, the open floor plan where it's a, a flow between the dining area, into the mm-hmm. kitchen, into the living room, into the family room where we all can, like, entertain because, you know, they're, in, they're very interested in entertaining. Um, but a lot of these homes did not cater to that, flo- you know, that demand. So um, going back to how we service our clients, I know it's a Cobalt Banker standard to always, you know, give the best customer service and elevate our clients, you know, IQ when it comes to listing a property. Um, I take a lot of time. I think it's like 30 days prior to listing to get a property declutter, painted, and just get things done because you're going to spend more time on the market if you don't take care of these items prior to listing. Would you agree? Or Absolutely. How does, how, does, how does your business plan differentiate from that? Um, Matthew's actually far better than me because he's always saying, calm down. We can't come live. <laughs> he is. He's, she I, like, yeah, I, we got, you got to take your steps. You yeah. got to go through the house, point out what needs to be done. Let them do it, and then of course they only do about half of it. Go back, tell them they're going to do the rest, and then <laughs> they're like kids, right? Then start your process. You're like, listen, my mom told me they never do everything. So is he like <laughs> your, your middle guy? You tell him, go tell him. Like I'm not even going to go over there anymore. <laughs> He's good at it. That's 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 what you do in the team. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I love it. One of the surprising things that Matthew and I were kind of discussing as well, too, is that a lot of times in this market, you're not really dealing with first-time home buyers as well, too. Mm-hmm. You're looking with a lot of move-up buyers, people who are you know moving out from the city, moving out there, people who are now in a better position, financial position, to be able to make some of these bigger acquisitions. Um, and one of the things that kind of came about is, you know, like what kind of a demographic is it that you're seeing? Like what professionals? Like is it that you're seeing mostly as you're predominantly age your buyers and age group? Um, age group would definitely be more of your, your on the move up side, definitely more of the Gen Xers, so like 36 to 45. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then definitely a lot of people in the medical field I've seen purchasing bigger homes. Um, you know, corporate professionals, we do a lot of relocation, corporate relocation for people coming in. Um, and then certainly, you know, the young professionals coming from the city okay. um, that are, you know, tend to be a little bit. Not necessarily millennial, more of the Gen Xer. So you got a bunch of know-it-alls coming in. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so essentially, if I'm coming in for $750,000, I want everything ready, according to mm-hmm. what you said. So mm-hmm. it sounds like houses are getting smaller because at the end of the day, square footage plays a big role in all of, in mm-hmm. all of pricing, no matter where you are in this country. It's true. Mm-hmm. So if I got $750,000, I'd rather, it sounds like your clients are into smaller homes with a little bit more bells and whistles versus just bigger homes that need a bunch of rooms knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's what's I- happening. I would totally agree. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, people want you know the, the latest design trend. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, the perfect kitchen, the perfect bathrooms, and if those aren't done, then you know uh, they don't really want to go in and do renovations. So it's very important to have everything done, and those do sell for top dollar. Are you seeing a lot of people who might be opting to do those renovations preset before they go on the market, so that that way they have better success in selling their property, 
or flexibility with sellers who are willing to maybe do some of the reno to be able to get the property moving for a specific buyer who they know is maybe not going to want to take on an ordained task of actually doing the rehab or the rentals themselves. Are you seeing that a little bit in the marketplace at all or no? I would say not so much. I mean, most sellers don't want to pour a ton of money into the home before they're selling. Um, so we end up working with them and sprucing up in various ways, you know, removing the wallpaper, cleaning it up, staging, working with what we have as best as we can so we can maximize value in, in that respect. Um, but as far as uh, buyers coming in, most of them don't want to do the renovations, but we try to, you know, be be the middleman, try to coordinate if we can, get a contractor in there, uh, work with the buyer if they want to redo a kitchen, redo a bathroom, um, just try to facilitate the transaction as best as we can. Nice. Yeah, because I think that we're in a, and I always say this, like a shifting market, but I think it's a shifting mindset, right? Yeah. These <clears throat> buyers or sellers bought at the height of the market. So when you bought at the height, right, there hasn't been significant growth per se, especially because a lot of people, are, like you said, want a smaller home. They may not want all those five bedrooms, but they want cozy and they want floor plans. So how do you shift it? <clears throat> You already have the existing homes, and you're not going to change all the homes. Um, but there is a buyer for everything. It's just educating the seller, educating this person to understand it. You have to update. So, Marla, if I were pro- putting my property on the market today, what would you say would be the one thing key that you'd like me to do in order for me to compete? Well, first I'd have to see it. And, um, you know, it's very hard, though, if you walk into some of the homes that are elderly people that have lived in a certain way. You can't ask them to got the kitchens and baths it's not in there grandma tear it all down (laughs) (laughs) no millennials gonna buy your wallpaper from 1948 (laughs) (laughs) is that even made of paper or lead what is that up there (laughs) there's lead (laughs) (laughs) your lead paper (laughs) stop it no they're not I've been, you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut it off, no. but I literally just went through this myself. You know I was shopping for homes in Oakbrook. Forever. 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 And Oakbrook is, I guess, an equivalent to the western suburbs mm-hmm. of the North Shore. And, you know, all the homes that I was looking at within a certain price point, with a certain square footage, were older. And, yeah, I'd walk through and there it would be, the, the old school oak mm-hmm. panels and, oh. you know, just... I every can time believe I walk in into our place, price point, we're seeing I got to level cabinets. everything to yes. do it the way I want to do it, you know, so... It's just what happens, and I think that that's where there's a struggle, and why a lot of those houses sit on the market for so long. That's right. You know, you're these people just want to sell it. And I just came their up lives, with a business idea. The elderly, so they don't they don't have the energy to go through the renovation. And if you're telling me Gen X doesn't have the energy to put a renovation in, you almost sound like you're at a stallworth of some sort. It's a tough yeah. one. It's Maybe a we tough should one. come up with a company I'm that cool. just does renovations in, for and, sale, yeah. mm-hmm. and we take care of the items that we know are necessary to get a property sold, which I believe are kitchen and bathrooms. Yeah, right? definitely. Kitchen and bathrooms are definitely. Give a it a facelift, thing. like just re- you know reface the ki- the kitchen cabinets. You can do that, right? Take mm-hmm. off and repaint, or maybe whatever. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that really sell. Like women gravitate to the kitchen, and not I'm not being gender specific no, you know here. I'm just saying that <laughs> people like kitchens and the bathrooms. When you see the first thing they look at are these items, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the property needs a lot of a lot of work." It's like, "Hello, it's just a kitchen," and then you can modify it to your best liking. And they're like, "No, can we keep looking?" You know. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of these like renovations and rehabs, you know, open houses with my agents, and the first thing that I always see everybody gravitate to is kitchens, bathrooms, and laundry rooms. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Like just having the luxury of having a laundry room in the second floor and not having to go all the way down to the basement or something mm-hmm. like that. That's like a huge thing for certain families mm-hmm. or, you know, certain housemakers and things like that. So it's all it's important of incorporating everything together. That's why, like, in a way now, 
it, like at least my last three transactions, two in Northbrook, one in Glenview, we had to do rehab uh, type of loans mm -hmm. because th they found the properties about $460,000 price range that definitely required a lot of extensive work, probably about 120000 to 130000 in construction work. But we were able to make the deal work mm -hmm. because it fit in their specific price point. Uh, my question to you would be, in this, in this, you know, as a buyer side, let's say you have a buyer that comes to you and says, hey, I have a $900,000 budget and probably about 150000 liquid. What would probably be your best game plan for a buyer who is maybe not looking to go over a million but has enough room to, to play with where he could possibly be creative with that budget? Well, you know, it all depends where he wants to be, too. See, the problem is if they want to be in a specific area like east, mm -hmm. it, 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 the price point is higher. So, I mean, if they're prepared to go a little bit further west, okay. it could be more attractive. It's all, it, it all depends on where they want to be. I mean, we have – it's just when you cross, cross a line, it's, it's, the prices are more attractive. What line would that be? Uh, well, in particularly Glenview, mm -hmm. so anything east of Waukegan right. is, 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 commands a bigger dollar. West of Waukegan – it's it's more attractive a price, okay. and there's some very nice areas west of Waukegan that you could probably do very well at that price point. Right. Look at Javi; he's taking notes. You know he's on the market, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you in the market to buy? There you go, Marla. <laughs> I knew an agent's looking to buy something. <laughs> it's it's it really is. Where are you going to go, Hobbs? West or east? I'm going north. Actually. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh looking boy, to go we're going to have a buyer consultation. Oh, in Northbrook. Yeah, Northbrook. Matthew's in Northbrook. I live in Northbrook. Yeah, Northbrook. Yeah, he was telling me. That's, mm -hmm. that's the goal, GBN, school district. Well, Matthew's got, <laughs> we've got a lot of listings. He's got a lot of listings in Northbrook. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll talk offline. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very nice one. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, now you, we, we're already doing a buyer's consultation now. <laughs> See, Nick. This is totally he said good segment one was all yeah. about me good job, so that Rob. I can get. Uh, <laughs> way to bring him on and get you into buying a house. Uh, buying a house. <laughs> all right. There we go. Let's do a talk show here. He just let's, wants your pocket listing. Let's, let's, let's do a talk show here. Yeah, can we have uh, educate people and get other people deals? Right? I mean, we've not we've had nothing but requests for you. I want to get an inside scoop into the first Biller home and Javi's over here. Oh, look my God. Look at how much he's sweating. <laughs> Did I put him on the spot? Put me on the spot. <laughs> so, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get this boy a cup of coffee, Jesus right? Jeez. Oh my goodness, here. Oh, oh Lord. Look at you. Oh. Wow. Ah. It wasn't that bad, Javier. I know. It's only average, a question. <laughs> it's a more affluent neighborhood. We get it. You know, the average across the country is somewhere in like mid 200s uh, sale price, and you're talking about an average in the in the 700 thousands. What is the typical market time for? Um, well, let me let me correct that. A house that's relatively ready. You know, you could buy it and move straight in. What's the typical market time on that in that $700,000 range versus something that, you know, it does have grandma's wallpaper all over it still? Oh, boy. You hate grandma's paper. Well, <laughs> I mean, that just Seriously, means it's going to be a lot of work. It Some, was somebody, a lot of work. Yeah, I had to take wallpaper down too. everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a lot so, of fun. I've done it. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, it's definitely price sensitive. Something that's ready to go and priced correctly for the marketplace is going to sell within 30 days. Hmm. Um, should, no problem. Uh, that price point. Mm -hmm. In that price point. Mm -hmm. As you go up Marla to total, guarantees it. it's going to, mm -hmm. that those numbers are going to expand. Um, average market time above a million along the North Shore is pushing about 150 days right now. Mm. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a long time. Deals. Don't look at me. I just bought a house. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Get those I'm but, those, but those areas, like for instance, I just, uh, in, in, in Glenview, some of the 
Glen uh, Eyre and the circles and all those are the very old homes. And there's this gentleman I see where I work out, and his house has been on the market. And it actually, it was he bought one of my listings a long time ago. And he says, everybody complains. It's the kitchen and the baths. It, and it's and it's like a million three ninety nine, and it was a million six ninety nine. He keeps wow. adjusting it, but nobody is willing to go. Nobody is willing to go in and do that kind of work right now. Which I is mean, crazy because you, if you look at the investment that it would probably take to to renovate a kitchen, mm-hmm. and you don't even have to go crazy with the renovation because you know, again, you're going to get to very specific of what the next buyer is going to want, and no one knows what this new buyer is going to want. Right. They're probably going to go back. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, and redo it anyway later. Mm-hmm. But in, in in instant that instant gratification, I want it now thing. It just has to look like it, so they're they can justify their expense, so they can justify the 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 amount that they're spending on the home. I think that's probably very true. Absolutely, absolutely. You think it will help to be able to like have some form of like a digital visual layout where they might be able to take a look at a home. And be able to like maybe reconfigure you the layout would say to get an idea like of it. You mean I, like false advertising on online with fake? We've had this conversation before. No. What do you mean? What do you mean like digital? Like there's just like showing new digital. There's no. I've seen like a couple of different uh, you know developers or whatnot. They're kind of still in test cases, but I've had a couple of people approach me where they could literally come in, similar to what our guy here, our producer, you know, Dietrich does with like the Matterport, where they could literally come in and mm-hmm. completely reconfigure the mm-hmm. layout of a property. And, you know, for someone to, like, literally within 48 hours, be able to send them specs and plans to kind of get an idea of the potential the property could possibly have. But that's got to be the buyer that's willing to do it. Okay. And that's what we're, we're struggling with right now. We're not finding that buyer. I mean... Javi has a hard time understanding it when it comes from me. So, Marla, can you please... <laughs> we're just not right now. And, and I, we're not finding that buyer that wants to come in and do it. I mean, it can be... That's a wonderful idea, what you're saying. Show them what could be done. But the buyers right now, they're not wanting to do it. It's they a won't. mindset shift. So we've so gotten wh- lazier. Yes, uh, a little we've bit. We've essentially gotten yeah. lazier. I personally don't think I can move into a house without touching something. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think it's laziness, though. House, right. But, you know, for the most part, I think it. some people... No, I just think that people... I think people it's are just time. overwhelmed. It's yeah. time. We don't I have. Agree. We don't have extra time for anything. Yeah. We are moving true. into a very fast pace lifestyle where i mean uh, your demo right your moms you know they're working not necessarily all working moms there's a lot of stay-at-home moms but you know the moms are overwhelmed with the children like now two kids overwhelm us like you know my mom had five kids and now you know i I don't even know how she did it i'm overwhelmed with two but we're overwhelmed but but a lot of demands i mean for as for for a businesswoman like myself i don't have enough time i can't imagine you know having to buy a house and live in it and renovate it while living in it you know, and a lot of people, and I think it's financing as well. I mean, do you have any financing options for people to say, "I'm going to buy it and then I'm going to renovate it"? Yeah, there's and a how lot of different financing options. Um, you know, it just really depends on the requirements. Just like anything else, you got to make sure that you meet the FICO requirements, CLTV requirements. What we've kind of done now, we're actually doing unsecured loans where they're not actually tied to the property title. You know, if the credit is in good standing and the debt to income ratios are there. We could do an unsecured loan so that that way they can shop with different GCs and be able to get the best bang for their buck and not have to just go all in with one specific general contractor. So there's a lot of different financing options out there in the marketplace to be able to make things work. It just really depends on the specific buyer. So walk me through that again. So we're looking at a price point of, say, 1.5. Like, for instance, you know, when you're doing a renovation loan specifically where it's tied to a mortgage, a lot of the times you're going to be situated with one general contractor. That general contractor is going to be funded based off of phases in that construction process. (laughs) If you're doing a 
a non-secured loan that is not going to be tied to the property, you're no longer affecting an LTV-CLTV ratio with the property, and you could technically use this unsecured loan of anywhere between fifty to 150000 that we offer there at the Federal Savings Bank as long as they meet the requirements, and they could freely use different general contractors to be able to do the work. We've all been there in a situation where you get a quote for a kitchen, and five different general contractors are going to give you five different specs of work, Right. This will give you the flexibility of kind of extending that dollar the best you can so that that way you can become your own personal GC and kind of manage your process along the way when you're doing these renovations. But see, Javier, in that scenario, I do agree with you with having the um, it, what they call the 3D goggles that you wear, and you can actually walk through a property. And this is like a 3 It's a rendering, right? So it's all <clears throat> graphic design. It's not mm-hmm. real. But they, you can actually look at the area. And it's going to show you what its potential going to look based on what the general contractor design or the ar- architect design as far as, like, the finishes. I mean, I have a property in um, Link, uh, Lakeview that we're, gonna, we're actually thinking about doing that just because it's not finished and it's taken us a long time to finish the, the construction. It's brand-new construction. Okay. Um, so that would work for something like that, specifically in the marking aspect of it. Or if you do have an ex- existing home with an existing seller that say, sell it, I don't want to deal with it, I just want to get it off the market, you know, as is. And be able to do uh, apply one of your loan programs to do something like that. I think that's a great idea if someone wanted to, you know, fix it and make it and customize it to their demands. Do you agree, Matt? Like, what would uh, you say? Definitely. That actually sounds very advantageous to me, the unsecured mm-hmm. portion, because that's where you, you run into problems with the renovation loans that they take a long time. And you could talk to any realtor, and they'll say, oh, those are terrible. It takes 90 days to close, or they won't end up closing. Um, so, you know, they've got really kind of bad word of mouth. So something that's unsecured, someone can go close, shop around, they don't have to do the renovation right away. That sounds very very advantageous to me. So, Javier, is this tied to where we ha- we close it and then this, the buyer gets to do whatever they want with the renovation and the loan? Or is this something that the seller has to sit through until... No, we close it just like a, a standard transaction. Uh, the unsecured loan is completely separate from the transactions as a whole. That's why it kind of creates less of an inordained process for both the selling and the buying parties involved. So you close on your transaction standard like as you would any other transaction. You get the unsecured loan, and you'll be able to use those funds immediately after closing. Love it. See, Marla, we're not just asking you for stuff. We just gave you another option for your <laughs> No, it sounds wonderful, but many times people have to move in that house and live through that. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's what people don't want to lo- do. Because uh, not everybody can afford to go up in price point and and own two homes you know or stay in their home while it's being renovated no absolutely that's why like sometimes some people kind of do it like in phases you know as opposed to kind of doing like everything all at once i actually had one of my neighbors um who had a split split ranch and literally i remember it was like about five months they were living in the first in the first level Mm -hmm. and then the next six months they were living in the top level and they were just kind of like you know going back and forth and i remember he used to tell me he's like yeah i have to go to the gym and shower and stuff like that (laughs) my wife was in the using the bathroom but you know sometimes some people you, you got to do what you have to do, right? And if you have the end goal of you want to live in a certain neighborhood, you want to live in a certain school district for your children, sometimes you have sacrifices you need to make. And maybe taking that split ranch at four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar price point, and spending one hundred fifty thousand, and having an aftermarket value of seven hundred to eight hundred thousand. That's where that's what equity comes in, you mm-hmm. know. And sometimes you just got to roll up your sleeves and you know work for it. Is I that agree. what you did, Mister Fix It? Mm-hmm. Really? I just no. I just I just looked at p- pretty much a piece of land. I mean, I literally looked. You were I wanted, shopping for homes, and then you went. I was shopping option. for homes, and then I saw that this is the location I want to be in. So I, w- I really wanted open-minded to just tear up the roof. I don't. I'm not lazy. I'll do it. <laughs>
No, you just love projects. I do. I'm like addicted to projects. But I think that's probably part of being in the business versus not in the business because we see it all the time. But you know, from from an ex, I would from an ex expert standpoint, I would say you're going to make more money and you're going to build more equity for yourself if you do take a product that's as is and then you improve it to your customized likes. And guess what? You get to use it. You get to live in it. I agree. Right? And then eventually you're going to sell it for a higher profit margin because you were able to undertake that project. So you have to be a little creative. Yes, I want to have that now generation and buy my 1.5, but it's already turnkey move-in condition. But the likelihood of that because of the neighborhood that you're catering to, that product it just doesn't exist. Is mm -hmm. that what we're telling our listeners? Absolutely. Get real? Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist? Bigger Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean, I like think Matthew's we, like absolutely. <laughs> once we get to once Roll we get to sleeves. wait when we get to staging and fluffing pillows and blah blah blah. Nick tunes out. Javier just questions everything that I say. You like to fluff stuff? I don't. I just you know no. Staging staging really? is needed, but you know I don't. Yeah, I I could walk in and just see like. But you're you you're know. rare. Most people. Thank you. No, I don't mean it. <laughs> yeah. He's unique. I don't mean, unique. I mean, most people today, I mean, I can remember, I was very fortunate years ago in a, one of the big companies, I, executives like me, and I got a lot of referrals from them. And okay. I'll never forget this, was in Lake Forest, and these people buy houses like you go to the grocery store, because they move every two years. Oh, okay? wow. So they have a checklist. And I'll never forget, we walked into, it was in this beautiful development in Lake Forest. Okay. And him and his wife said it was a mess. It was messy. This is horrible. <laughs> they bought almost the identical place, same floor plan, but it was clean and neat and whatever. People, it, so it's it, people really have to. They they mm. don't. I'm not saying. I'm generalizing. There are people that can look past it, but the majority of people really can't. And what? Why I always tell that story is because these are people that moved all the time. They should have looked past that. I love it. And but I think living, that's great advice, though. We're living in an era of things like Instagram and Pinterest. You know, I mean, everybody that's that demographic that Matt said earlier, and that, like Gen X, 34 to mm -hmm. 50, let's just say, um, they have access to these things. The problem is you're looking at these pictures, and you're looking at what would be like a $400,000 kitchen. And you're expecting it in your seven hundred thousand dollar home, you know. So, you know, you got to be somewhat of a practical individual here. If you're going to go in, right. go in. You 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 have to realize you're going to get a better deal on something that needs work. I agree. And so, make it look like that kitchen that you did see online. You know, you can't assume that every house is going to have those, mm -hmm. you know, Pinterest quality kitchens and bathrooms all put in there. You just got to you got to create that yourself. I mean, you want something, go do it. Yeah. With that Pinterest uh, example, I thought you were going to go, with, you know, look at Pinterest and get the idea so you know what to do. But a lot of people on Pinterest are probably just getting recipes to bake cakes, and that's probably why <laughs> these YouTube shows on how to bake cakes are, are so popular. I think that when it gets to bake cakes, I'm feeling down on bake myself cakes. for my life. I think a lot of people go to Pinterest for decor and, like, yeah. a lot of just yes, the decor. Yes, but where I was going with that is that decor, but they want it done for them. Because mm -hmm. let's do a challenge, right? Who are you? What kind of a person are you? Are you the type of person that has, you know how they, they do that design with, like, four different picture frames and you have to figure out how to lay it out so it aligns itself perfectly do you do it yourself or do you hire somebody else like something as simple as putting up pictures on the wall to decorate your living room 
if you're the type of person that's going to hire somebody to do it because you're so afraid that you're not going to get the lines right, like myself, I'm definitely going to hire somebody else. But because I've done renovations and I've worked with my clients who are flipping properties, I understand how to visualize a, a space and say, okay, we're going to modify this wall. You could do that. You can refurbish floors, look under the carpet to see if there's hardwood. That's easy. It's just, you know, sand and stain versus, you know what, we're going to have to lay new tile upstairs. So there are different, there's, I can do that. But your average buyer is not going to be able to do that, right? You can and that's tile? what you're saying. I know how to lay tile. You can't lay tile. I can lay can't tile. Lay tile. <laughs> no. I don't know. Trust no. me. I can lay tile. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, I would hire somebody for that. I would pay for that. Mm, it's something yeah. you have to pay for somebody that can I lay charge tile. charge to lay tile yeah, these days. You Do you? Yeah, we just charge. It's your side gig? Yeah, side gig. You side gig <laughs> laying <laughs> tiles. <laughs> I don't know. Do you don't think care. you can lay tiles? I could, I could lay tiles. All right. All right, perfect. Now that we got our resumes out there. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. Your your example about how a specific that buyer went and bought the same identical home but just decluttered and cleaned, that's another thing that people should listen to and take heed because, you know, there's homes that are just dirty. And people can't see past that. No, they can't because they feel that the house is not maintained and they don't feel it, it, it's a very, a house should not be shown unless it's in perfect condition. Yeah. And if it's not, they shouldn't have it, they should not have it on the market. Definitely. Ooh. I agree with that. I think that I, it, and a lot of people, and I know you guys hate to hear me say that, but when I say, you know, real estate is a commodity, it needs to compete with the other properties and the buyers are going to create demand for and generate, you know, the price. They're going to definitely set the price. Mm -hmm. You have to compete aggressively. You have to see what your other competitor looks like. And you can't be the ugly property on the, on the block because they're going to use, you know, people. It used to be the mentality of, oh, you know, we're going to use the beautiful stage home as an idea of what we can do to ours so we can fix it and build equity. That mentality is long gone. People want it now. They want it ready. They want it to look like the, uh, the more expensive property, but at a better deal, right? Because we're still shopping for that deal mentality. And unfortunately, the people that you're catering to are, like you said, in 2008, where have you in high to the market or 2007, they were buying these homes for a million or four million plus. And now today to ask them to, you know, invest $200,000 to renovate a kitchen or a bathroom and floor plans, it, it's, it's unrealistic. But I think there's got to be a mind shift. Definitely. Where do you see the market heading, like in the next, in you know, next year, this year? Are we gonna sustain where we are now, or Matthew, you're you're a numbers person. What do you think? Um, I mean, the first half of the year has been good. It's been healthy. Um, there are signs in our market that are a little frightening. That could be a problem down the road. But overall, the one thing I always look at is inventory levels. Inventory levels are down. You said frightening. Go back to frightening. <laughs> <laughs> What's frightening about uh, the just, forecast? Uh, I see pockets. It's not necessarily shown in the data. It's more like pockets in neighborhoods where you see a bulk of inventory. Okay. And then you, you see a whole bunch of properties competing against each other. Prices have to come down a little bit before they all get unloaded because um, they're all sitting. Uh, but I've, you, know, you see that in various neighborhoods throughout the North Shore. Okay. Um, it tends, obviously, it's more expensive stuff. But that's really the only thing that causes concern because – the market's good. I mean, things the demand's coming from the bottom up. Anything lower priced is moving like hotcakes, no problem, okay. um, particularly if it's priced right and in decent condition. Um, but inventory levels are relatively lower. I mean, in every suburb pretty much relatively lower than what they were last year. Um, and, you know, demand is good. So I don't see how going into the end of the year we're going to have any type of bad market. I think it's going to remain healthy, and we should have a healthy market going uh, into next year, Okay, provided everything looks good. The economy and everything. 
like it. Great insight. I love it. Thank you guys for coming out and sharing, you know, your side of the world with us. It's always cool because with Market Overdrive, we bring guests from, you know, we've had people from LaGrange. We've had people from the South Suburbs. We've had people from Berwyn. Um, and I love the fact that, A, you're from the Cole Banker family. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Javier. I had to, you know, say that. <laughs> Finally. Why are you rolling your eyes? I didn't roll my eyes. Okay, because for a minute there, I thought you didn't like Cobalt Banker people. No. Oh, no, I got no problem with Cobalt Banker <laughs> okay. people whatsoever. Just wanted to make sure that, you know, we're I just all have issues with you, He's a kid with a balloon, okay? <laughs> I just have issues with Carla, but nothing against Cobalt Banker. <laughs> but thank you, because I know you're busy transacting. You made time to come out here early in the morning on time, and you didn't have to put 100 bucks in the bucket. Thanks, Javier and Nick, Jeez. for the $100. Not paying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bouncing that check. Is that in our contract agreement? Mm, nope. No? What do you guys think? Should we charge them $100 for every time that they're late to the show? <laughs> Absolutely. I think Absolutely. so because our listeners <laughs> want to hear our show on time every week. Any famous homes that you guys uh, have transacted in? <gasps> yes. Any famous. Any famous homes that you guys may have transacted with in the You've done a bunch. 30 years, 13 <laughs> like, years. I know there's been some famous homes. <laughs> Come on, Mom. I mean, Give us some good stories. But no, I, the one, the, um, he didn't buy it, though. Um uh, who bought one of our? We've come across a few guys. Um, right, we've uh, Tyson, the... Tyson Chandler bought one oh, of Oh, Tyson things. Chandler. What's wrong with me? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, so I will tell you the story. I, I I had this new construction on Old Willow. Okay. And it was a builder, and it wasn't done. And this agent from the city called me up and said, um, I, "I have a client." So I said, "Okay, well, meet me there. I'm going to have my builder come because it wasn't finished." So. Um, this big black Mercedes shows up, and this tall guy. This is definitely an athlete. Okay. It was Tyson Chandler, and he bought it. And it was uh, it, he customized it. He did it and everything. He was traded, like literally the day after he closed. And this Are was like kidding? 06. Oh my god, 06 or 07. Yeah, Dang. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. traded to a bad team. But the he Knicks, right? personalized he it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then who? Matthew. Some of them looked at our properties. Yeah, we've had the a few. Bulls like player. Lance Briggs looked at one. Of, right. Done some showings with. Okay. Um, um, the, the, the Bulls. Oh, Derek Rose. Derek Rose. He was okay. very nice. Um, yeah, very nice. That is yeah. funny. You're like me because I was Googling like, who is that? I'm, I'm talking to DJ. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we, we, so I, I had an incident too. Tyson Touchdown Chandler, Carla. <laughs> How did you not know him? I, I would tell you, he, he was, he was Did tall. you know who he was? No. I'm, See, I, come on, I'm give sorry. me a break. He's seven I, foot one. He wasn't a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was a sports player, but you know what? He was. In, I spent a lot of time with him because he was doing the. You know, he was customizing it, uh-huh. and he had this darling wife, and he was the nicest person in the world. Really? Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah, but okay. he he never really. It's mm. funny because I I did I had a showing and and we had a. A baseball player come in, and I was texting the guys. I'm like, "Who is this guy? I guess he's famous or something." Like Babe Ruth. <laughs> no, that was the same Jeff Coke or something. He was traded that same summer, and I was like, "Damn it, maybe I should call him and see if they want to sell the house now." <laughs> and then I had to do a receipt, you know, because they gave me earnest money, and I was like, "Okay, can you sign <laughs> the receipt that you got the earnest money?" And his wife was like, "I'll sign for you." I'm like, "Come on." We got we got a comment from somebody. What's the deal with Michael Jordan? House. You guys are oh, up there oh we went. Why is uh, that thing like, taking 800 go. years so, to sell? So we were invited, all of us top realtors, to, um, first of all, I happen to know uh, the agent very well. And actually my regional, who's not, he actually went on a market on it too and priced it completely different from where he 
originally listed it. Okay. But not was it was two years ago we went there. We yeah, they had us all two or three years ago. Yeah, we went there when they did an auction for it. Yeah. Did they have a broker's open? Yeah. Did anybody put a bid in the auction? I, I don't, don't believe so. so. No, because they had a minimum of like thirteen million or something. It's yeah. just not a very it's good just a big house. number. It's not. <laughs> we were not a very we were very dis- tell us about the house. Matthew, go ahead. It's it's, it's very ma- cool. It's contemporary. contemporary. It's on like seven acres. Um, you know the property's gorgeous. Uh, it's a contemporary home. The basketball court is really cool. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, it's Michael Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest part. But there's parts of the homes that were parts of the home that were kind of dated, and then the parts that were really redone. Very fancy. And that's just it. He's got a contemporary home in what is not a very contemporary neighborhood. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest problem because people are like, they've always joked with me. They're like, why is this thing not selling? Well, first of all, it's, it's not a million people that want to buy something for $10 million plus. But they'll spend a lot of money on 22. And I, I feel like the other issue is that like most people that have that kind of money don't aren't really necessarily running to buy Michael Jordan's house. I mean, you'd have to be like a real fanatic of some sort. But then last but not least, the house is just kind of like 90s contemporary. <laughs> that's right. And it's just, I just don't think it's going to ever really sell anywhere near. I think they're going to turn it into a museum, personally. Yeah, that's what they're I think looking they're for a really number. Do. They're What's looking the for a number. Anybody have the address? That number ain't going to ever happen. <laughs> just like a championship with the Bobcats ain't going to ever happen, um, Mike. In the uh, feed. <laughs> You're great, Mike. But no, that's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> I don't have internet access, but I was going to go in the MLS and look it up and post it on social media so people can access the listing. I I've, I can't remember exactly the street. Um, but it's room after 2700 room. Point Drive <laughs> in Highland Park. Sounds right. Okay, yeah. we're going to uh-huh. we're going to look it up and put it in the feed so that you guys can check out the photos from the interior. Put your bids in today. <laughs> <laughs> Taking offers if anyone's interested. <laughs> I will go get my real estate license if I could represent you for that purchase. Absolutely. <laughs> I think he started at 22 million. At 22? 22 million? Why wow. he started at 23? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's oh, marketing. Wow. Anyway, guys, we have to end the party, but thank you so much thank for being you. a part thank of our you. show and coming out here. I know it was a hike. Um, for our viewers, where could they possibly yeah. reach you if they wanted to get a hold of you? Um, you can give us a call at 847-657-3790 or the Schneider Group. The Schneider Group? Your website? Email? Uh, our website is theschneidergroup.com. Okay. And our email is Marla or Matthew um, dot Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R, at cbexchange.com. CB Exchange, love it. Cobalt Banker Blue. Mr. Mamedi, do us the honor. That is a wrap. You want to catch this show with Matthew and, excuse me, Marla Schneider, you can obviously catch it on our YouTube channel and Market Overdrive, Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive. We also have our uh, podcast, sorry, with WGM Podcast that you can also get this, should be up by Monday. And last but not least, obviously, you can always go to our website at marketedoverdrive.com. That's a wrap. That is Carla Mino, Caldwell Banker. Mm -hmm. This show is brought to you by Caldwell Banker, I think. And that is Javier Garcia with the Federal Savings Bank. I'm Nick Mametti of Ilone. And again, once uh, we'd like to say thank you to the Schneider Group for coming in today. We'll see you again next week at 10 a.m.